good uh, Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening. It's the Tuesday night flight presented to you by the Sideline Junkies. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG sitting in with the biggest Taylor Swift fan on the East Coast. The Midnight Fireworks. Talking about fireworks, baby. <laughs> All about the fireworks. Oh, man. First and foremost, brother, how you feeling tonight? I'm good, man. I'm doing all right. Uh, that's good, man. I'm, I'm glad you are. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, to those of us that are joining on uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitch, whatever you're joining us on, welcome. Glad to see have you all here. Uh, remember, like, subscribe, all that jazz, please. And I don't know what this send stars thing is with uh with Facebook, but hell, send some stars too. Let's see how that works. <laughs> but we got to get serious for a second. Uh, the reports came out today that Bronny James collapsed after practice yesterday. I'm believing at USC and went into cardiac arrest. He is no longer in ICU, but he is in the hospital. Said he's stable and doing well. Uh. best thing I can say is, you know, it's a tough thing for the family to go through, but the best part is he's doing well now. So, yeah, I mean, the good part is he's out of the woods. The bad part is um, kind of got to start wondering and start questioning, like, what's going on at USC? Um, this is the second kid in as many years that's had a similar problem. So you got to start wondering if it's if it's the routine they're doing, if it's the supplements they're taking, is this just coincidence, you know, things of that nature. So I think they need to do a healthy investigation and just making sure they're doing the right things um, and they're doing right by the kids. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, of course, as always, if, if you are a religious person you know we always say hey prayers up don't i don't care who you pray to pray prayers up uh if you're not a religious person just keep them in your thoughts and let's hope that he gets better and he's able to resume his college career uh but most importantly let's hope that he's healthy all right i know the other kid came back halfway through the year um last season and, and continued his um, athletic career. You know, he's just, just not even trying to wildly speculate. This could be anything. So it's just, yeah, I just hope they figure it out and the kid can do, have a healthy life. And then yeah. hopefully he gets the cherry on top and that's continuing his athletic career. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so, but of course, like we always say, our motto, we'll keep an eye on it and when we find out something, we'll let you know. Exactly. All right. Jumping over into the NFL now. Uh, a lot of news that came down. Even after I put down put out the rundown for the show, we had news come out. Uh, let's start with the latest. Chargers Justin Herbert reached an agreement on a five-year, $262.5 million extension. Uh 
your thoughts, man. I mean, he, he was next in line. I think I think he had to go first before Burrow got his deal. And now that they've taken care of that, it's just a matter of how much does Burrow want? Does Burrow want to go and be the top guy? Or is he going to save a couple million here and there because you still got to sign Chase? And I don't know if they're going to sign T. Higgins as well. So he's got to take care of some people around him and leave something on the table for him. This is going to let you know if Burrow, and I don't want to say, oh, him getting top dollar is a sign that he doesn't want to be a winner. But this is going to let you know kind of where his thought process falls and what, what he wants to do. Here's the thing. If he gets top dollar, somebody's going to say he's selfish. If he takes less than what he should get and it's below market value because he wants to spread the money around to keep his weapons, somebody's going to say he's stupid. So it, it's damn if you do, damn if you don't, no matter how you slice it. And it's no way to, to tell, you know, he's going to do, he got to do what's right for him. He got to feed his family. And everybody ain't about the cash. Uh, some people are about winning. A lot of people say, well, Justin Herbert, he's nothing special because he did, he can't do this. And, you know, they blew a, a, a big lead in the playoffs and he can't do that. You know, it's always something. Somebody's always going to have something to say. But right. I'm happy for Justin Herbert getting his money. Because I think the kid, I think he's a real good talent. Uh, he's been consistent, so I, I think he's he's damn good and he deserves his money. Yeah, I think Los Angeles just has a tendency to Los Angeles too much. I mean, the Chargers be chargering. It's how we say it. So, um, I mean, there's nobody who lost that game being up what they were. I think it was, what, three interceptions in the first first half? I mean, just just little stuff. So the charges were just charging. That's all. True indeed. Now speaking of contracts, uh, Saquon Barkley. I, I, I did post that in in our group. Uh, where is it at? Where is that? Saquon Barkley got a one year deal up to eleven million dollars, plus a two million dollars sign bonus. Signing bonus. That's per NFL Network earlier today. Uh. Now, I'm going to rope that in to what we're supposed to be talking about tonight, and that's the plight of the running backs in the NFL. They feel that they are now, for lack of a better term, expendable. And I know you have a certain philosophy on that, so I'll give you the floor first. <laughs> no, nah, I just think I think right now, because you don't have the running backs back in the day of um, running backs having – 1,600 yards, 1,500 yards. And I'm not talking about one or two guys. I'm talking about everybody. Because there's gone, they've gone to this thing of sharing the football, basically. It's basically three guys now manning the running back position as opposed to having a Barry Sanders, um, having a Jerome Bettis, the workhorse. You know, we don't talk about anybody being a workhorse anymore. And and that's the other part of the reason uh, I, sub, I subscribe to the – the Shanahan philosophy, like running backs are expendable. Um, it's it's not my it's, it's just the way the game is going. We specialize everything, especially on offense. Um, when it comes to the running back, you got the guy instead of back in the day, it was 
a guy taking first and second, and then another guy would take third down as your third down back. Now it's like, all right, we're running this. We might be running inside zone, so we're going to run this guy. Or we're running outside zone, it's this guy. You know, so it, it changes with the time. And, and the time is now that you aren't you're, – you, you're putting mileage on them. You're still getting them 315 carries, but I don't think the responsibility is still the same, if that makes any sense. So you agree with running backs not get well, let me say this. The reason why running backs are not getting the money that they used to, Todd Gurley. Right. Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Uh who am I missing? Uh Le'Veon Bell. Uh who else? There was a like that, that age twenty seven. It's like there's a cliff, it seems like at times, and they fall off the cliff. Some guys um stay up, but most guys, 27, 28 season, it's it's a downward turn. And the next thing you know, you're trying to figure out, all right, now I got to move on for him. But, you know, you paid them this exorbitant amount. Now you got to pay a dead cap hit. And I think teams are just trying to stay away from that. I get that. And I understand where, where people are coming from. I understand where it's coming from. So I'm not – I'm not a, a completely mad about it, but I understand where the running backs are coming from too, because you have elite running backs like Saquon. I believe Saquon's elite. I believe uh, Derrick Henry's elite. We talking about Josh Jacobs is going to be sitting out of camp because he can't get a new deal. All right, so let's 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 do uh let's go into those three names. All right, so um Saquon Barkley, um. I don't know if you have his um, game card up where you can show how many games he's played, but he's had two years. He had an injury one year, and he missed the end of a season another year. So, like, you got to prove you got, you can be on the field. So why would I invest in, in something that's somebody that's not going to be there 16 games or 17 games now? You know, your best ability is availability. And I, personally, I'd have taken a chance and moved them and see what I get for them and see if that can help make my team even better. Saquon Barkley. What's that? He's going into year number six. Uh, injured in 2020. Only played two games. Played 13 games in 19, all 16 and 18. Uh, 13 and 21 and all 18. I'm sorry, all in 16 and 22. Yeah. So yeah. he. That's three seasons. We don't, we don't get the full season out of him. Yes, um, I agree with that. So now my question is, am I paying top dollar for what? Like, that's where you kind of get that, that rubber meets the road. And two out of those three seasons, he didn't rush for 1,000 yards. In, in, eight, in 19, he ran for 1,003. 1, uh, he had 1,300 as a rookie, and he had 1,312 last year. He had a better season last year. That was his best season, uh, career high in yards. Uh, carries um, only had 10 touchdowns. I say only like that's a small number. Right. But uh, he didn't receive out of the backyard, but out of the backfield that often. But you also got to realize in that offense last year, he wasn't, he was the primary focus, but he was a decoy most of the time. Let, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Okay. Daniel Jones is the leading Russian out of 17 games. I think, Nine of those seventeen, Daniel Jones is your leading rusher. 
And you talk about players hitting a 1500 plateau. I understand that the game has evolved to the point that we a thousand yards is no longer the measuring stick for a running back. Guys are hitting a thousand yards. You having 10, 12, 13 guys hit a thousand yards now. When you used to only have maybe five or six, maybe seven hit a thousand. And you know, to anything over a thousand. When you know Barry Sanders ran for 2,000, you had running backs run for 1,700, 1,500, you know, things like that. But a thousand was the plateau, you know. That's, I mean, well, that was the, the milestone marker. That's not even a milestone marker no more. I believe 12, 13 is a milestone marker now because we're in a different league. But if you don't have the bodies, you don't have the carries, you can't make that happen. And like you said, I got to agree with you. These guys get into the 26, 27 uh, age bracket, 28, and it's like they fall off a cliff. They stop being productive, a lot of them. Everybody's not Adrian Peterson. You know, everybody's not an ageless wonder. And you think about it. Be honest with me. And I need you to say, I need this to come as a football fan, not a commanders fan, as as a football fan as a whole. If you really put it into perspective, Emmitt Smith, for as long as he played, he really was done before he even broke the rushing record. Am I lying? No, you're right. But, I mean, it helps when you have the best offensive line in football. You know, let's, let's not take some of those things away, too. No, I'm um, not. Emmitt was, a, Emmitt was a bad boy. I, I, I got I to gotta give him props. I got to give him – Credit where credit is due. Emmett was a bad boy. Yeah, and I mean he's he's a yeah that I mean the production you got from Emmett at twenty whatever ages he were was, um, I think he played into his thirties. But his last couple of years in Dallas, you know they they had other backs that yeah. were helpful contributing. Yeah, because if you think about it, those Super Bowl years he was the only guy. Right. And now I'm not taking anything away from Emmett, but I'm saying that. Only reason why Jerry Jones kept him around was to break the Russian record. Once he broke the Russian record, the celebration was over. He got him about it, just like he did everybody else. He got everybody else about it. Um, trying to think of another '90s running back. Barry Sanders walked away on his own terms, and Barry Sanders and Emmitt Smith were your two top running backs of the '90s. So, get, give me another running back from the '90s. Uh, '90s. Natron means. Natron refried means foot injuries. Once he once once Natron means left San Diego and he went to uh, Jacksonville, he was no longer effective. Uh, Marion Butts, same thing, no longer effective once he got out of uh, San Diego. Right. Um, Jerome Bettis, Jerome Bettis was he he turned from a feature back to a specialist. Right. He he was your he, he was your Mariano Rivera. Well, I mean, think about it. his last three years. I think it was um, Fast Willie Parker and company that was was toting the rock. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and see, and Rashad Mendenhall and all those guys. Right. And the thing is, but see, that's I, another I name. When you huh? That's another name, Rashad Mendenhall. He hit that wall. Willie Parker hit that wall. Larry Johnson hit that wall. Uh, 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 Priest Holmes injuries, but he hit that wall. Uh, Jamal Lewis, 
And these are 2000 backs. So this has been going on for quite some time. Um, But with Jerome Bettis, he became, I guess that's a, a way of reinventing yourself because he became a goal line back, you know, th- greatest stat line for a running back. Three carries, three yards, three touchdowns. It was um Gerald Riggs. Yeah. And in 91, what did Gerald Riggs have? Gerald Riggs had what? Maybe 30 carries, but right. he had like 12 touchdowns. Right. You know, but you he reinvented himself. Most of these guys want to be the man. They don't reinvent themselves. Even Adrian Peterson reinvented himself. I, I, I got to give it to him. But I don't know. Can Derrick Henry, when his time comes, and Father Time, who's undefeated, decides to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, you need to slow down a bit. Can he reinvent himself to be that goal line back? But guess what? You can't because coaches don't believe in goal line backs anymore. There are no more Mike Allstops on the goal line. All start up the gut. We don't get that anymore. We don't get that type of excitement from the game anymore. Well, now everything's a two-yard pass. Yeah. So, mate, but I understand the plight of these running backs. I understand everything you said, and I get it because statistics, history, everything is there. Everything is there. But I also understand where these backs are coming from. They don't want to feel like they're obsolete. They want to get paid, too. And I I think it should be – you got those rare instances where you got an Ezekiel Elliott. Has he signed with anybody? No. Jeez. That daggone midriff. Who am I going to make fun of this year? It's my guy, man. And what's crazy, when we first started doing this show, and I give Ezekiel Elliott the business, but when we first started doing this show, This is about, I started about four years ago, four, five years ago. I was like, in order for the Cowboys to consistently win, Ezekiel Elliott has to touch the ball 25 times a game. It don't matter if it's running, he catching out the backfield, whatever, he has to touch the ball 25 times a game. Every time he touched the ball 25 times a game, the Cowboys, Cowboys. when he he touched it less, they lost. I'm giving you the blueprint. Now, Dallas is all state laws. They're going to lose Pollard. They lost Elliott. Dallas has nothing. You bet the house on somebody when you don't even know how they built. I don't get it, but I understand where these backs are coming from. So, uh, Moving right along, we got a couple injuries in, in training camp already. Um, Naeem Hines of the Bills is going to miss the entire season with a knee injury after being struck by a jet ski. Now, training camps around the league opened up between today and yesterday. I know in Washington, veterans report tomorrow. Um, and he's not the only one that's hurt. I can't even remember who else it is. It's another injury that's in there that's mixed in there. Here's my question. So there's Charles Gardner-Johnson who left the field with an apparent knee injury. 
um, MRI or the um, test came back negative. So that's the because he fell in a non-contact drill, um, grabbed his knee, and then all of a sudden they had to cart him off. Um, who else am I thinking of? He's the Detroit guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one other similar situation. Um, and I mean, the scary thing is Himes wasn't even football related. It's just him being out. And, um, you know, Brian Mitchell said, you know, when you get this close to training camp, you don't you don't take those type of chances doing something that's going to jeopardize your availability. And that's what I was going to ask you. When do we get to the point of not saying not living, but when do we get to the point of we're close to camp, camp starts Monday, let me get myself ready for camp instead of being in harm's way. But, I mean, you could wake up in the morning, go step out on your back deck and slip and fall. Right. So it's – but uh, I guess I just answered my own question, so. Uh, now I'm gonna need your help on this. And Broncos defensive end. Oh, we talking about my boy that got caught gambling? Yeah. Right, we just gonna call them Broncos defensive end. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been suspended for at least a year for betting on NFL games during the 2022 season. Uh, you know my stance on it. I understand what you and BJ say. You know, you can't do it at the facility. Do it anywhere else but at the facility on team property. I understand that. I do. But do you think it's getting out of hand? So somebody floated an interesting theory, and I think I think we're we're getting selected names of who's violated the policy. Like I don't think they've I think somebody bigger has probably popped and they've kind of swept it under the rug for right now. I don't understand how they don't design the NFL version of FanDuel. So when the players sign in, like it prohibits you from gambling on certain sports. I get that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Just something. And then maybe the um, radar like the geo tracking when you're inside of a certain zip code or a certain area, it, uh, it again locks you from being able to make a bet because you're on, you're on team property or something like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know the solution, but I know, I mean, think of how easy it is. You just, you see something, you, you think of something and it's like, all right, let me throw this parlay in. Um, like I do it all the time, you know, just sitting here, and sometimes I'll just drive across to Maryland real quick and, you know, um, put something in just for that for the night's games just so I can have some action. Let me let me ask you this. It, when we talk about gambling, NFL gambling, is fantasy football considered gambling? To an extent, yes, but it's not um it's not the same. Um, I don't know how to quantify it any better than that lame answer. Um, but let, let, let me tell you this. Now, you, you can't see what's going on in, in front of me this way. Y'all can't see what's going on. Um, the missus is around the corner, and I said something about fantasy football being gambling. She ducked her head around the corner and said, yes. 
But now this is let, let me let me jump off track real quick. This woman tells me I've never played ball before. I don't know nothing about none of these sports. I don't know nothing. But she can tell me about fantasy football, who I should pick. And I've done picks against her, and she's won every game. But she's telling me she don't know none of this stuff, though. I mean, hey. I mean, fantasy is built for her, though. That's what, like, the NFL was smart in partnering and accepting this because it gives – it's like the NCAA tournament. It gives the person that's a fan of the sport a way to get into the sport and get there and like have something, have a sweat. Yes, all gambling is is about the sweat. You know, you got something on the line during this game, during this time, and um, you possibly can get rewarded for it. I mean, because you know how it is. You know, every week after somebody's gone to their draft, the first thing they do is come to you and they, they got their phone out. They may only talk to you once 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 a year and it's during fantasy season because they got to show you how how well they did in their draft. Now, does it always end up like that? No, because if you play fantasy, you know that draft day is the first part of putting your team together. There's got to be a trade. There's going to be a, a, a pickup that's going to help you out later on and and possibly steal you games at the, towards the end of the season. All right. Speaking of fantasy football, because that's a great segue. Mm-hmm. Sideline Junkies, year number five. Uh, fantasy football on NFL.com. Uh, the link will be posted yet again. But if you're interested in joining our league, we're expanding yet, yet again. I think first year we had 12 teams. And then the last two years, the first two years we had 12 teams. The last two years we've had 14. We say we want to open it up and make it 20. Some people say 20 is a bit much. But the thing is, we had a top and a bottom, and it was such a drop-off between the top and the bottom. And instead of going through that, we wanted to open it up and have a little bit more parity and make it a little bit more fun. Because... Oh. I think we, you got to treat them like it's English Premier Soccer and you got to relegate somebody to having to sit out a year or two because they didn't take care of their team. Like the dude, whoever didn't have a lineup because everybody was either hurt for the season, that person should be banished for like two years. Now, I, I say that because looking at – hold on, let me, let me pull up the records here. Looking at the – Season last season, I mean, it was nip and tuck between the top four teams, and then after that, it was just it was nothing. It, it was just we we couldn't take it. Now the top four teams: twelve and three, eleven and four, and ten and five, and then fifth and six was ten and five. After that, six and nine. I'm sorry, eight and seven, six and nine, five and ten. You had a seven and eight in there, six and nine, a five and ten, a three and twelve, and a two and thirteen. And what's crazy that the top, I'll say the top six teams played each other so tight. And then everybody else, it was seemed to be hit or miss in the middle. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden at the bottom, it just felt the bottom completely fell out. 
and you know, we just wanted a sense of competition because it was certain games we came into. You knew as a fantasy owner, you came into you was like, oh, this is a win. No doubt. This is a win. I could put my worst lineup together and this is a win. And that's how it was. We had some people that kind of checked out after the first couple of weeks because they were 0-3. And, you know, that's the way it were. It was. But, I mean. Relegated, relegated, relegated. <laughs> I would like to defend my 2022 fantasy championship in great fashion. Uh, I'm thinking about having a trophy made for myself. Um, I'm thinking about throwing myself a parade as well. Uh, but I would love for you all to be a part of my parade. And everything because you know this is what we do we're inclusive but uh all jokes aside we open it up trying to get 20 if we can get 20 we know for a fact there's going to be trades pickups there's going to be some chatter that's what we that's why we started the league because we wanted to see the gm skills of everybody else outside of us we wanted to see the chatter we wanted to see the the trades and the draft and and we do a live draft online so it's always the sunday before the first thursday night game of the regular season so if you're looking for a fantasy football home you're more than welcome there's no no money involved no no money involved because everybody how much and I say, well, no, it's free. Well, why is it free? Everybody always said it. Why is it free? I said, because that, I mean, we do it free because I, me personally, I've had bad experiences where I've won and I'm supposed to get money that I put in and I never got my money. So then I've also had good experiences with the fellas from Auto Plus and putting up money. And, you know, it was always great competition. And I, it was just, it was good. You know, but I've had fantasy leagues where I didn't get my money for winning. And, yeah, I, I would hate to have somebody stand over top of me at 3 a.m. because they looking for their money. So I'd rather – and plus everybody's all over the place, and I know we got cash app and everything. But I, who knows? Maybe we'll put in something and might change and say, hey, everybody put up $5, and we can cash app it in. Something I don't know. I don't. I, mean, know. I, I, I get it. Um, you know, for us, I mean, I've done leagues. You know, we had the whole enterprise league um, that we started about. Gosh, they, they're probably on year twenty. Good grief. Um, twenty one as a as a whole. Um, I think I left after thirteen or fourteen um, years of doing it. And, um, again, it's just one of those things, man. It just brings people together. Um, I mean, for me, it got to a point where nobody wanted to trade with me. So um, it was like if I called and made an offer, it was like, you know, that double take, like, all right, what does he know that I don't know about this guy? So it became one of those things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we you do it online and you get it set up. It's going to be fun. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I stopped trading a lot now. Maybe because um, I'm in leagues where people know me, so they don't trust me to trade with me. Um, 
But I was the same way with um, this dude, Tarek. Um, he called me one day for one of my running backs. I was on the phone like, all right, let me think about it. And when I got off the phone, I started going to do research to see if, like, somebody else got hurt in the organization if, you know, trying to figure it out. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. I mean, I'm in – gosh, what have I already done? I already told you about the um, – the, the slow draft that I did where it took us about, I think it took me about two weeks. It was 10 hours between picks. Um, it's on underdog and it's one of those things that once my lineup, once I pick the team, I'm done. I don't have to manage nothing. I don't have to set a lineup. I, it's, it's best ball. So whatever your play is with the best score that week goes, gets, gets counted towards your score. Now, we've had some runs, and I, I'll say this. 2021 was a crazy year because Junie ran away from the pack in 2021. He ran away from the pack in picks and in fantasy, but he stumbled at the finish line. It was the semifinals, and he stumbled and lost that game. He wanted to finish fourth that year, but he finished first in picks. So – Dude, I had a season. Um, it's the it's the epic um, Adrian Peterson thirteen yard game versus the the Redskins. Um, that season, I think I was something like twelve and two. I outscored the league by like two hundred, like one hundred and fifty points. Um, I had Murderer's Row, and it was just like the 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 guy that I played against had. I'm talking about if everybody on your roster could have the day of their life, they had the day of their life. And so I ended up going from, like, I think I finished maybe third that year. Um, if I made it to the semis, I can't remember. No, I lost in the first round, so I didn't even get a chance to play for the money. So fantasy, is that's the beauty of fantasy. It could go from you being unstoppable to just the, the wrong week, the wrong time, and – you trying to figure out why your team can't score. That's true. Think about this. Make it all the way to the championship game last season in uh, the work fantasy league, right? Mm-hmm. I need the, the, the uh, gentleman that I'm playing. He finished with 90.16. I'm sitting at 77.50. I have... Uh, Jared Allen and the Buffalo defense. And that was when they played played Cincinnati. Right? Yep. The DeMar Hamlin uh, 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 episode yep. happened. Yep. Postponed the game. And I was like, okay, uh, they're going to come back and play it. They never came back and played it. Nope. And I lost the championship due to that. And I, they, commissioners called me. They said, hey, what you wanted you want to go ahead and the gentleman that I was playing, he said, uh, you know, you was going to beat me in this one. And I think at the time they had already gave out some points and I was like maybe six points behind them. And <laughs> for, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but I know you guys are spitting facts. Hey, that's all you need to know. We spitting facts. Appreciate that. Um, I was about six points behind him at the time. 
So I was getting ready to pass. I mean, it had already, it had me projected as winning this. I was like, I, I'm about to have two championships in a year. They never re, they never made up the game, and I I, I conceded when they said, "Well, what are we going to do?" I said, "Well, no, nah, I concede." I said, "Cause he's ahead of me, I can't do anything about it." I conceded. I gave it up. I gave up a championship that I could have took, could have won the money and everything. Took my hands off. I said, I'm not even going to do that because it's not fair. So that's probably why. We had the same story because I had I had it reversed. I had, um, I don't know if I had Burrow or if I had um, Chase um, in the game, but it was pretty much one of those things that as long as they did their thing, even though I was down like 70 points, like between the two of them, a good night and and we're 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 champs. But once the moment happened, yeah, I was done with it. Um time to move on. New season, new time. Mm-hmm. And I was on fire this season too. I came out early, couple wins. I had a come from behind win that was beautiful. Like it was no way in the world I was gonna get caught. And I the thing is I had I think what did I finish? I finished nine and five that year. And the five guys that I lost to, the five games I lost to, I was able to avenge every each one of those losses. So, beautiful thing. Uh, let's move over to NBA before we get too far down the rabbit hole. Uh, Jalen Brown signs the biggest deal in NBA history. Uh, Five-year, $304 million Supermax. Uh I was thinking, and I, I heard KG talk about it, and he was talking about him signing for one. Uh, uh, who signed? For, somebody signed before. I think LJ signed with the Knicks for ninety, and that was the largest contract in, in NBA history. That he signed for the one twenty six. I thought Zoe got a hundred. Yeah, I'm sorry, Zoe got a hundred. Jawan Howard got one hundred five. He signed for one twenty six. And I thought about it. I said, I remember 126. We were trying to break that down as to how is that possible. And now here we are talking about $304 million for Jalen Brown. Like, we were astonished with 126. Then Ray Allen came back with 124, but he didn't have to pay agents, so he had the, 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 the highest contract of all time at one point. And you you see this every year. Somebody tops somebody else. And I'm going to ask you this. What does it say about the Celtics and what direction they're going to go? They just gave him 304 of a Supermax. I mean, I think they're trying to keep the ship on the um the ship in the water. I mean, I think he's he's part of the balance of that team. And then the other part is um Jason Tatum. So they're going to spend about 600 million in contracts over the next two years. So something's got to give. And the, the great line is right there. <laughs> but he didn't get that. He didn't get a no trade clause. What's going on, Ross? Glad to have you in here. And that's that's true. But here's what I don't understand. Is money more important than championships? You're asking me. Honestly. You're asking me. 
I'm asking you. Oh. I'm asking everybody. Is Me? money more important than championships? I think you get your championship, and then you go looking for the money, personally. But that's what oh, everybody yeah. does. But I think his situation is, like, it's different because the NBA, it's just like, it's like the old day cash system. Like once you, once you create hit a certain marker, you're you order that's your extension. There's not a really a real negotiation. True. You're, you're, it's 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 almost like it's performance based. But I just don't see how these numbers keep jumping like this, and unless they get some crazy TV deal, I just don't see how they're going to keep up. And I think we're going to end up in 15 years. There's going to be like this um, beyond Thunderdome type of M- NBA strike where it's, it's going to be cataclysmic. And it's, it's going to cause so many problems because, I mean, think about it. If he's making 60 and what's the um, one of the ceilings is like 136. Well, if he's making 60 and somebody else is making 60, that's 120, you're 136. Now, I know you got exemptions and all that other stuff, but. I mean, it, it, it gets real interesting all of a sudden. Here's the thing. And, Ross, I, you know, I, I asked the question. Is money more important than championships? Ross says it looks like it. It looks like it is. NBA is monopoly money. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, think about it. You got guys that are like the eighth man in the rotation. Making four million. Yeah. Like when you when you said uh we were talking before the end of last season, what season just passed, we were talking and we were talking about Austin Reeves, and you said he could command forty million dollars. Said Austin Reeves forty million dollars. Like I'm shocked. Austin Reeves is a eighteen, nineteen million dollar guy, four years, you know. That's what Austin Reeves is. You was talking about forty, and then you we we start talking about market value. And the salaries have ballooned so much. Like guys that were think about the guys in the eighties and the nineties that were making league minimum. They would be 25, $30 million guys in that. Right. And I'm, this is not ever since the, the league had did the CBA where I was the longest contract six years now. Or is it five? I think it's six. Cause I remember one time it was seven. That was the well, that was the longest. But you know, Magic had the twenty-five year million dollar, twenty-five million dollar contract, and Jerry, Doctor Jerry Buss, God rest his soul, was intent on honoring that whole entire contract. That's loyalty for you, but let's not get on that. Jalen Brown getting three hundred and four million dollars. I'm just like, damn. And then you wonder, to be honest, who do you consider the best player in the league? Who's tops? I know where you're trying to go, but I'm going to take this off real quick. I'm going to divert this bus a little. R.J. Barrett, 24 million. Gordon Clarkson, 24 million. Terry Rozier, 24 million. Bruce Brown, 22 million. Mikhail Bridges, 22 million. Clint, Clint Capella, twenty-one million. Spencer Dinwiddie, twenty million. Uh, Jacob Podol, twenty million. 
Um, Keldon Johnson, 20 million. Joe Harris, 20 million. Evan Fournier, 19 million. Um, Gary Trent Jr., 19 million. Derek White, 19 million. I mean, goes on and on. And these are per year. Yes. Everybody gonna be rich. And this is guaranteed money. I mean, just think of think of what um World B Free would be getting in this league. Oh, that's I mean, they probably wouldn't think anything because you know they would say he's a plumber or something, but I mean think about those well, that, guys. Youngins would say. I'm just saying, think of those level guys, because that's what we're talking about. Those guys that aren't stars, but they're they're good. You know what I'm saying? Well, think about what Moses Malone would be getting. Bob McAdoo. You know, I mean, we 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 all adults here, so we know what came before. But think about those guys, they would be making 105, 106 million dollars easy. Right. And Raw say that's my guy. World be free. Yeah, if you ever try to if you ever want to play me on um even though I don't play the PlayStation, but that was that's one of my name. That's my name. World be free something. That that is that is my maid name, my name for the um PlayStation. Wow. I thought you was gonna say if you ever wanted to play me on 2K, I run with the 76s and I dog you with world be free. Uh, hey, you have to say till that seventy. Which team lost to the Blazers? 70, 77. That that's a that's a story of that's a that's a tale of all tales in terms of teams that should have won championships. Man, we could put in a, a list of great teams that never won one. Right. And a lot of them are in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Oh. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going there because that would take up the rest of the time we got. But uh, we're going to stick with the Celtics. And I got a question. What is it that Paul Pierce is smoking? Is it crack? It's got to be crack. Paul... You know what? I think every time I hear Paul Pierce talk on a show, um, if you haven't seen it, he's on a show. Um, I don't remember the name of their show, but it's Cameron and Mace, two um, 90s rappers. They have a show. And I think Paul Pierce had a nerd to say, like, they asked him, was he better than LeBron? And he says something like, on on a certain day, yeah. And he was like, me giving Braun 41 in game seven made him go to Miami. Um, I think it's that whole team. Like, I think the, the, the sanest person from that Celtic team might be Big Baby. Because I haven't heard him really say anything crazy. But the rest of these jokers get on. They put a mic in front of him. My God. Uh, Ray Allen. Oh, Okay. Well, he, he he's disowned by them, so I don't know if he. Well, no, they 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 mended defense. They mended defense. They talking to him again. All right, but still, he he may not count. But like but I always say, I'm sorry. I, I meant to I meant to finish my point. Now I apologize for cutting you off. No, but where I was going with this was like every time I feel like Paul Pierce talks, 
I should be able to freely post the Draymond Green. Um, you ain't Kobe. You think they don't love you like that? Like I think I should. That should be like automatic. And and anytime he comments, I feel like we should just be able to play that. And he's right. Yeah, Ray Allen's the only same one, same one on that team. I agree with you, bro. Um, but I've never seen a group of men milk one championship to the point that we're going into 2024 in a couple of months. And we're talking what 16 years you've been milking this one championship. You had two finals appearances. And you act like you were world beaters, like you were the greatest things as an egg white omelet. They act like they were a dynasty. Yeah. But, you know, with the swagger that they walk around with, puffing their chest out, it's only one team in the 2000s that should, should do that, but they don't even do it. And that is the 2004 Pistons. Because the Pistons were actually a dynasty. They were They only got one championship. But they were consistent for more than three years. I don't know if I, I don't subscribe to that, but I hear what you're saying. Well, they they were more of a dynasty than the Celtics. I'll give you that. Now they weren't as they weren't a dynasty of the Lakers caliber because the Lakers, jeez, the Lakers got. The Minneapolis Lakers dynasty, the 70s Lakers, the 60s, 70s Lakers dynasties, Showtime, you got Lake Show. The, the, the Lakers have several different dynasties. You know, it's just all about who you got. The right. Bulls got the, you know, the, the 90s Bulls, that's a dynasty. Uh, if you want, we can actually say that the Warriors are a dynasty. I'll give them that. So, you know, you just people say the heat with LeBron and Wade are no, that's not a dynasty. That's dominance, but not a dynasty. We'll we'll revisit that at some point. Uh Ross says uh, Paul Pierce believes he better than he's better than he was. The longer he's retired, the greater his mind he becomes. I agree. So that leads me to another place where he gets roasted and that's the infamous scene with him i think it's jalen rose and michelle beetle they're on um inside the nba or whatever the um their version is called and like i guess the week before he made the statement like he was better than Dwayne wade or something and they came out and they read the stats and he was just sitting there just oh he had to eat it and wear that ah that wasn't even nice ESPN was wrong for that. No, they weren't. Because sometimes when you make bold statements and you loud and wrong with your bold statement, somebody right. has to be there to reel you back in. Right. But him saying he better than Wade, he better than LeBron, he better than Kobe. I heard that. He you know, didn't say that. He, he, said, said, he didn't say that. He didn't he say that. Said, no, you didn't say that. Oh, you know, I, I was better than Kobe. I had a better career than Kobe. No, you didn't. He can't say that. He can't He, he can't say that in his heart of hearts. He can't say he, he had a better career than Wade. Well, if if I would have went to Miami and Wade would have played in Boston, I'd have won that many championships too. But 
you were in the East as well. What did you do before Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen? You had what two playoff appearances? You and Antoine Walker, Walter McCarty, uh, Eric Williams. That's not, you're not being nice to him right now. I'm not going to be nice. You're not being nice to me as a fan making these dumbass assumptions because I'm a fan of Paul Pierce, but no longer. I miss the Kansas Paul Pierce. I miss the early Celtics Paul Pierce that I pulled for. This is the guy that I pulled for and I rooted for. And then he comes and, and makes these type of uh, these, 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 these notions and man, stop because you ruining what little bit of legacy you got. And uh, Raw says he can't be mentioned in the same breath with Kobe. That's almost a sin. I, I think it is a sin, to be honest. You know, if you looked at Paul Pierce's career accomplishments, you put it side by side with any two guard of his era. So he was drafted in what? 98 so from 98 to 2017 any two guard during that time you can't say that he's number one and they got him listed as a small forward but he was a two guard before he was ever a small forward they used to run him at the two he was a NBA champion in 2008 finals MVP in 2008 10 time all star uh, NBA all second team all NBA second team in 09, 13 three times. All rookie foot first team. He won a three point contest. One of the NBA 75th anniversary team. Like you've never been all NBA first team. But you saying you're, you're, you were better than Wade? You better than LeBron? I digress because I can go on and on and on. Your career average, 19.7 points a game, 5.6 rebounds per game, and three and a half assists per game. Uh, I guess because he made it to the Hall of Fame, I guess that's supposed to be it. That's supposed to be the, 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 the thing. So anyway, Paul Pierce, please seek help. Last but not least, MLB news. Uh, your guy, Candelero, has been mentioned as the becoming uh, a part of probably the greatest dynasty and historical franchise in MLB history. Uh, the the 27-time world champion New York Yankees. Uh, how would he fit into those plans? Well, you you have two people that are basically wasting space in Josh Donaldson and DJ LeMahieu. So it, his appearance would basically take one of them off the off the field for you. Um, it puts his bat in, in their place in the lineup, and automatically it makes you better. Plus, he's a better defender right now than Josh Donaldson is at third. Um, and I don't even know if he's playing third consistently for you guys right now. But it gives you somebody better at third base, and he can possibly play a little second if you need him to. 
Now for the question of the night. I can't ask the boss, BJ, so I got to ask you. Why do you hate the Yankees so much? I don't hate the Yankees. What you I, just, I just had I just find it entertaining to to talk to you about your team that supposedly you I mean you call it the greatest franchise ever. You call them um talk about the 27 championships. And for me, I just like the fact that they're last place. You like the fact that we're last place. Yeah. I mean, I know it's going to change when Judge comes back. He'll and he's cool. talking about playing anyway. That's uh, something Aaron Boone just said a little while ago. Says he wants to come back. Yeah, I mean, when he comes back, he'll help He'll help the lineup out. Um, He fit in nice with that lineup that we're talking about. Candelero Donaldson just got put on a 60-day uh, I.O. And let's, let's be honest, because I got to always keep it a buck. When they signed Candelario, this is the only way for me that this signing was a success because I felt like they weren't going to get getting people to make this team really competitive. And he did what he was supposed to do. He came in because they tried to do this last year with Nelson Cruz. Get a guy that you can get in the lineup. Hopefully he pops for you, has a good season, and then at the all-star break, you can flip him. And I think this is a guy you flip. I don't know why they're holding they're not thinking about Lane Thomas the same way, but I guess they gotta get see more from the kids before they move Lane Thomas or move on from Lane Thomas. So I understand it. You know, maybe you want to see a little bit of Dylan Cruz, you know, in single A and double A before you decide, all right, we can move Thomas and try to get assets for him. But I think he's another person that you gotta flip for something. I mean, you gave up John Lester. I think Lester barely played the second half of that season in St. Louis. And you got this kid, Lane Thomas, who's should have been an all-star, um, having the year of his life. And you don't know if this year of his life is going to continue, if he's going to be consistent after this or not. So I say let's go ahead and take our take take what we can get for him. Um, get a get a quality player, maybe get somebody that can play third. Um, even though you got Ildemar Vargas on the team, you know, find you some future spots because you need some infielders. Um, you know, maybe somebody stocked up on some college hitters, you know, like a team like the Orioles or or whatever, and just get you some college bats that that can be ready sooner, and at least you can put them out there. Um, but I mean, if you have the what the over fifty nine and a half, and they move Canelero and Lane Thomas, you might want to get a little nervous because that that the, the, you know getting those next nineteen wins might not be as easy as you think. And Ross says they're tied with the Red Sox for last. Yanks and Boston the two and a half out of the wild card. Just need to go on a run. That's all. Just need to go on a run. I, I, I don't have any comebacks, so I just want to don't have any comebacks. Uh, well, if we come to that time, it's time to wrap that shit up, B. Um, little sad news. 1947 Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Lujak passed away today at 98. Uh, Notre Dame national champ three times. Of course, won the Heisman Trophy in 47. Uh, All-American 46 and 47. Two-time pro bowler. Uh, First-team all-pro. 
led the league in passing in 49 and rushing touchdowns in 50. 100 greatest bears of all time. Uh, you got any words on this, uh, Midnight Rider? Uh, yeah, you got me on this one. I'm going to go with whatever you say, whatever you think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say okay to that. Well, I, I mean, mean I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't prepare for my 1947 um, Irish legends. I apologize in advance. The thing is, yeah, and that's a raw set, Irish legend. And being a being a Notre Dame fan, you know of everything that came before. You know of, uh, uh, geez. Now I'm drawing a blank because I want to talk about it. But you know of uh, the Joe Montana flu game. You know of Joe Theismann, uh, Terry Hanratty. You know you know of those. Uh, Ross says uh, LaMonica, Daryl LaMonica, Raiders legend as well. Um, I just, I know these names. And people say, well, you never saw him play. Yeah, well, when you come from a family like mine, you couldn't love a team unless you knew everything about them. You had to. And the Irish is one team I know so much about from the Newt Rockney speeches to uh, R. Procedian, Dan Devine. I grew up at, you know, with Lou Holtz being the head coach and, you know, Lou Holtz is always going to be my man, you know, but this is a, this is a name that in every book that I read about Notre Dame, Johnny Lou Jack was in it, you know? So, Oh, Tony Rice, Tony Rice is one of the reasons why I'm a Notre Dame fan because of him, Tim Brown. I'm I'm a big Tim Brown fan for the same reason. Just to see, we you know, not to make it a race thing. We didn't have many black quarterbacks in the '80s, and I always wanted to play quarterback. People always told me that's not possible. I had a cousin that always told me it is possible. He said Tony Rice. He said they tell you it's not possible. Mention Tony Rice. He said mention Warren Moon. He said those are two of the best black quarterbacks I've ever seen play. I wouldn't ask Brian Mitchell about that. I never saw Brian Mitchell play quarterback. No, 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 no. I'm saying it because Brian talks about being at a tryout with Tony. So it gets interesting. It's funny, actually. Hmm. I would love to hear that. Uh, Ross says Ricky Waters, uh, James Harris, Joe Gillum, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. He almost supplanted uh almost supplanted uh Terry Bradshaw at one point. He he could throw the rock. He could throw it. He almost took Terry Bradshaw job. So I mean we could we could go on and on. Good grief. But uh what we got coming up on Thursday. Um I think Thursday is still sponsored by uh, not a damn thing. I know that much. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw this out there. 
And I, I'm going to leave you with a, a cliffhanger. Raw says bro could throw. Yeah. Uh, if you ever into uh, America's game, they talk a little bit about Joe Gillum and how he could really sling that rock and how good he really was. Uh, but I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger. DJ Swearinger. He says he would like to come back to D.C. and finish it in D.C. and run it back. It is. He running back with the um defenders. Yeah, well, he's trying to come back to the organization that is uh the Washington Commanders. And my question to you for Thursday, you taking them back or no? We don't need to wait till Thursday. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might say some things that might get me in trouble. I might get fine. You know I need a three to five page essay on why you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, well, Ross already answered. He said, no thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Close as he gets is the defenders. Oh, well, if I'm not mistaken, he actually uh he was running the DSP down in North Carolina. That's a del- delivery service provider for those that are uninitiated. For Amazon, he was running the DSP down there. He used his money to open that up, and I know that was bringing in some cash. I wonder if he still got it. I don't know if he does, but um, Ross just said it again in the comments. We got three good safeties. Now, I actually want to say we got three good ones, and I think depending on the maturity of Percy Butler and um, Laquan, I think like I think we have a chance to have a defense that on many levels can be special in – um, I'm not going to say special, can be very competitive and, and make make it easy for this young quarterback as long as he doesn't um, mess it up for himself. I'll say it that way. And Ross says agreed. So let's say um, Thursday, since we got camp starting to open, um, let's say we talk about maybe three players you got your eyes on. That you want to see, okay. Um, three stories that let's say three positions that intrigue you, whether it's good or bad. You got to put the good or the bad in front of it, and then you just say that position group and to kind of talk about why. All right, I'm putting that in the chat now, um, and that's all I got for right now. Three players you got your eye on and three positions that you feel are good or bad? Yep. You either feel comfortable or uncomfortable. And you just got to tell, tell why. All right. And let me say this. Speaking of camp, and we're talking about the Washington Commanders, uh, they've added bleaches to camp. And a lot of people are like, all right, this, this is something new. We haven't had bleaches at camp in 23 years. And a lot of people are really, really happy about that. But then you have some in the fan base that are so negative. Oh, well, that don't mean nothing. We had that before. You just, you, you know, that's nothing. You still got to sit on some hot bleaches and watch them practice. But you could be sitting on the ground. My message to those in the fan base that think that 
Josh Harris and company are supposed to turn shit into shine, and the ink on the daggone check ain't even dry yet. Please shut the fuck up and sit down. Cause you so, are finding a reason to fucking be bitter, and that shit is killing me right now. You bitter about the name, you bitter about the bleaches, you bitter about camp opening, you bitter about the quarterback situation. Why is Josh Harris not doing anything? Damn, the man just took over on Thursday. Chill, bro. So, um, I, you're obviously giving them more room to rent in your in your head than, than I am, because. I'm not even worried about that. Like I've once the sale was done, first of all, you got magic involved. Second of all, you got my favorite team involved. So I'm in a euphoria and a utopian place that I'm not even I'm not letting anybody into that that airspace. Um this talk about the name change or possible name change. For that, I just hope they I hope they just call us and be like, hey, name change, and they drop the name on us. They unveil some uniforms. Maybe we get um, DJ O Goody to drop a song, and they drop out the new commanders' uniforms. I don't care, but I don't want a long campaign telling me about what the name's going to be because I really don't care at this point about the name. I just want to. I'm I'm at the Brian Mitchell point. I want to win. You know, you can call us whatever because I I've looked at the names and I've said this before. Like the two things that annoy me the most is the people being upset about the name. And people being upset about the look of the mascot. And they're like, oh, he should be, he should have a cigar. So you really want your five-year-old kid walking up to something with a cigar in his mouth? Yeah. Oh, she has stubble on his beard. You really want your five-year-old kid running up to that? Because that's who's who it's for. It's not for you. Right. And I digress on that point. But it's like it's almost like there's a certain level of if it goes bad or if I can complain about it, let me complain about it. And I think a lot of that still has to deal with Dan. Um, so I wonder when we get into this new part, you've already said you've encountered. I really haven't um, on my side. Um, I, I really want this just to be about winning. Um, I want us to move forward. I'm really trying not to even argue on any boards because it's not worth my time right now. Um, because it doesn't affect the stat column, me yelling and arguing with somebody. So, yeah. And then Magic owns my team. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, dog. And Rose says they can keep their ass home. We don't need no ish like that. And I agree with you, Rose. Uh, once the Redskins name went away, I don't care. I want to win more than anything. Win, just win. Just win, baby. That's all. That's all it's about. And I've encountered it because – you know, Twitter has this thing for you. Right. So, you know, you'll see people that you don't follow and things like that. So I'll get a lot of commanders talk because other people that I follow, follow these people. And it's just so much negativity. Like you're, 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 you're worried about things that have, that you have no control over. You shouldn't be worried about. And you're crying about, a name change. Well, they should change the name. They can't change the name for five years. Well, why well, you can change it back to Redskins? No, they can't. Let so, that sail. Let it go. So, so let me, I guess, amend that statement I made because it was a rule, but I think because of the nature of this team and um, 
I think because they paid six point oh five billion, I think somebody would be like at the league office won't worry about the the color scheme, the changing of the uniforms and the name. Um, and I think honestly, if they do this re- if they do a rebrand and they launch it right, I think they can they can actually hit a home run with this. True. I mean, I think I think they could come out with a video, um, depending on the name. You know what I'm saying? You you got something. Um, like you get a, a, a um, how do I want to how I want to frame it? You get a sunrise, and then the sunrise coming out of the sunrise are these helicopters coming across the desert. You know, it's like on the horizon, change is coming. Blah 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 blah. Meet your new team or your new team name, the Washington filibusters, and then it just explodes into boom boom. Show these action. And then you get Terry and John Allen, and they're back to back with their arms folded, and boom, they they you, you spotlight them real quick, and then it just goes and face the black. I changes come, change, changes on the way, and changes come. You know, come back to your team because they're yours now. Well, whatever you want to say, however you want to do it. And Ross says same that they they're worried about the wrong stuff, and next off season gonna be busy as fuck. I right. believe it, and I think they gotta take care of some of these extensions now. Yeah, before they get to that point. Here's my thing: I don't want to go through another name change. I'm oh, Commanders is starting to grow on me. I didn't like it at first because, of course, because I had picked Red Wolves. Right. And I was like, you know, that'll be and Red Wolves are their habitat is in Maryland, in D, well, in Maryland, but you know, we play in Maryland. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I was stuck on that, you know. The Wolves then that's the name of our stadium. And when we make big plays, everybody howl, you know, sh- shit like that. That's what I was stuck on. It's not possible. So Commanders was the name, and I was like, that's what they came up with. Okay, okay. You know, I've went back and I've looked at a couple of YouTube videos that I've done. And I remember I did a a, a YouTube video when they traded for Carson Wentz. And I was pissed off about it. And there was a gentleman on there. And he was like, we needed a quarterback. We got ourselves a quarterback now. And I think I made a comment to him. He hasn't answered me yet. I said, yeah, what do you think about this quarterback now? Mm. So, you know, but all in all, I don't want to go through another rebrand or name change. Let's just ride this out and win some games. Let's get to the playoffs. All I'm saying, I can see it happening. I see it happening too, but here's the deal. Only way we should do a name change is we're holding up a Lombardi trophy. And it's the week after the Super Bowl. We're holding up a Lombardi trophy. We're doing a parade, and at the parade, they kind of do the unveiling right there. Now, this is what we're going to be known as. And then they give everybody just free gear. Nah. <laughs> you, don't wanna, you don't want to change the name after the Super Bowl um, a win because then it, it takes away from the branding. Um, but I, I, I can see – honestly, I can see, um, say, two, three, three years from now, there's an announcement of a new stadium and 
there the, the the thing is when we walk into our new home we'll walk in with a new name or whatever and i can see that being a possibility but i like that i i don't care enough to you know invest time and energy to complain about it to fuss with somebody about it um i mean i think of all the stupid names like what's the hell is a 76er um you got a team named after pelicans I mean, we got a state bird. Stop it. Uh, Knickerbockers. Um, I mean, there's some names that if it wasn't for history, they really aren't the best names. But because we've known them for so long that you accept them. Well, I guess you're going to say uh, you don't know what a Cavalier is. Well, I kind of do, but still. Yeah. And we're not talking about a Chevy Cavalier. Ross says Wentz was a QB by position, only he was some shit. <laughs> I agree with you, Ross. I said that. But I, I get what you're saying about names. It's a name that you want to hold on to. And you know, you, you want to really be able to cherish. Right. And I think honestly, I think for them, I think the only other reason, um, and the only other I'm using my word just today again. The only impetus they would have in um, changing the name is because we're talking about three guys that grew up with Redskins and now they're stuck with Commanders. And maybe for them, they think the tradition, the, the, the colors, the brand needs to get closer to home or come back a little bit more. And, and I can see that. I, I would understand that. So I don't like I think that's why I'm okay with if they did rename it, but um, yeah, I get it. Well, uh, last comment we got from Rose: uh, the name when it when and if it changed will mean something to them and us, and I believe that. I don't think it's going to be selfish. So, uh, man, great show. Glad to be here. We'll come back Thursday, talk some – I guess the Thursday will be a D.C. sports rundown. We'll just talk about – uh, we'll talk about um, camp and whatever news comes out. Hopefully, you know, uh, Sonny rubs his arrowhead. You know, somebody need to grab their rosary, what have you. But hopefully we have no injuries at all, no significant – crazy excuse me injuries during this camp and we can come out of this healthy 100 percent and go from there uh that's what i'm hoping for uh thank you ross thank you for showing up and doing the damn thing and comment man that's what makes the show great that interaction man that interaction so make sure y'all here thursday for the dc sports rundown for the Midnight Rider. I always get this wrong. I got it right. I got it right today, too. We both got it right. We're doing something right. For the Midnight Rider. I'm the big guy, KG. Y'all know our motto, baby. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here.